Hi, it's Scott Rockfile, back with another podcast review for you. Going to talk about the 2023 film, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. The short version is, it's not as terrible as you've heard. It's actually not bad, considering that I'm not the biggest fan of any of the sequels. Long story short, um, I'm a huge fan of the original. I was young when... George Lucas and Steven Spielberg decided to create this whole thing. And the first Raiders of the Lost Ark, which was renamed later Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was just Raiders of the Lost Ark back in 1981, is still the one. That is still the film that nails it perfectly. I felt in two and three, they added too much humor and not enough of what was in the first one. I thought the fourth one, the Crystal Skull, was terrible. I rewatched it recently. Still think it's terrible. (laughs) And then... Didn't really go see Dial of Destiny last summer when it was in theaters. I know I should have. And 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 watching it now, I, I probably should have. But it's a little long. It is. They, they could have trimmed it down a little bit. But all in all, it's better than Crystal Skull. I would argue it's better than the second one, on par with the third one, and still not up to the first one. Now, if you've read about anything about how they made this, it, it took forever to get this made. Um, different directors dropped in and out. Spielberg was going to do it at some point. Eventually, we got James Mangold, who's done some great jobs with some properties he was handed and did some amazing things. Logan, anyone? Hello. Um, James Mangold took a more serious view of Indiana Jones, but I found out one of the things that I was going to talk about, and I'm not going to get into spoilers. We'll do that in a second podcast, but I will talk about at least the first 30 minutes of the movie. The movie gives us a flashback, and my biggest complaint with the movie is the same complaint I had about Mission Impossible, the latest one, Dead Reckoning Part 1 or 7 or whatever you call it. Yes, Hollywood movies have always had a MacGuffin where we've introduced something that wasn't in the previous movies, usually with a flashback, usually with a younger actor playing it or now that we can de-age people. But both both of the movies that came out last summer, Mission Impossible, the new one, and the new Indiana Jones, have this giant... Let's de-age and introduce this villain that took place back during the original movies, but you never saw them. Supposedly in Mission Impossible 2, this has been on Ethan's mind for all seven movies, but we never knew Isai Morales was a thing. The same thing with this. Indiana Jones supposedly knew about this and his friend and how uh, he was addicted to learning about the Dial of Destiny the whole time. We get a 30-minute, 25 to 30-minute opening that tells this backstory. I understand that Spielberg and David Kep, the original writers, um, had the idea to do like a five-minute intro, which is what you usually get with these movies, kind of a five-minute in the past that kind of established something, and then the rest of the movie explains it. But when James Mangold came on board, he really liked that and expanded that opening scene to about 25 to 30 minutes. Well, when you already have a two-hour movie, this opening scene, is, you have a two-and-a-half-hour movie now. And I, the opening scene, the opening 25, 30 minutes is some of the best parts of the movie. It is quintessential Indiana Jones with trains and chases and fights, and it just goes on a little bit too long. And to to talk about the elephant in the room, the de-aging. For the most part, I thought the de-aging was really great. Um, But how come nobody can still do it like they did Captain Marvel? When they de-age Samuel L. Jackson, it's flawless through the entire movie. Not one time does he look fake or computer generated but there's a couple times where indy moves a little fast and the the face doesn't look right or sometimes when he talks as this younger version it just doesn't it looks like a video game more than reality 
these are milliseconds. They're brief, but I'm watching on a big TV, 4K, you know, I'm, I can tell. Um, and I just wonder why, especially as much money as they spent, this budget for this movie was like 295 to $300 million. That's insane. I mean, a lot of it is up on the screen, but there's also a lot of CG on the screen. Now, they did shoot in real places and all that. But anyway, the opening scene I really like, but again, we're, we're introduced to characters and situations that have never been in the Indiana Jones movies, and this is what the whole movie is going to be about going forward. If this was such a big deal in his past, how come we haven't heard about it before? That's the thing I always have a hard time with when Hollywood inserts something like this to make the movie happen. Other than that, though, it is the most exciting part of the movie, and it does lay the groundwork for what's a very entertaining Indiana Jones story. Now, there's a, a conceit, a, a weird thing uh, that happens. I don't want to give anything away. Um, the general line of what the Dial of Destiny is all about, you've probably seen it in the trailers, right? This is no different than Crystal Skull or ghosts coming back um, talking about Excalibur or ghosts coming out of chests and blowing people's heads up. I really don't think their idea for what they did, to not get into spoilers, with the Dial of Destiny was not out of character for an Indiana Jones movie. I thought it was less than the aliens in Crystal Skull. So I didn't think that part was bad at all. And how they did it, I didn't think was bad at all. They took great dramatic license in the thing itself, what was supposed to be in reality, what Archimedes supposedly made, and what we see in the movie are kind of two different things. But again, I didn't have the biggest problem. Probably the the biggest problem I had with the movie, other than the length, was I'm not the biggest fan of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I think she's a great actress. I think she's fine. I watched some Fleabag. It's funny. I get it. It's also very predictable to me, but it wasn't to a lot of people, I guess. Um, she's a big focal point of the movie. She's his goddaughter, and they do the smart thing by not doing anything romantic with her, which I think is fantastic. That was a brilliant idea. Let's not have another, oh, he's got to save her because he likes her kind of thing. You know, uh, that was great. It was his goddaughter, and, and there was no nothing romantic between them at all, which I think was perfect for this movie. He's an old dude, and what they do at the end, well, they had to set that up too. But anyway, I just... It's like giving one of these two to $300 million movies to a new director. Why do you put, I mean, I know she's an established actress. She has multiple awards, but she's never been in a large AAA big budget film. And she holds down a lot of the scenes. She has to do a lot of the action because let's be honest, Harrison Ford is not, not so young anymore. And she goes off on her little tangent. We follow her for a while. as kind of this female Indiana Jones kind of thing. I think she executed it well. I'm just not a fan. So I'm just, can we get off her and get back to Indiana Jones? Because he's why I watch this movie. Um, they also have a young thief that might remind you of Short Round. He didn't me, but I read that after. I didn't read any reviews before this, by the way. I kind of wanted to go in dry. And now I do read and watch some reviews after. And I do agree with some people. And I think a lot of people were also hard on this movie. I have a good friend who thought this was crushing his childhood. I didn't think about that so much, but... Again, I'm not somebody who loves the second one or the third one or, and I certainly don't love Crystal Skull, but I always thought the second and third ones were just okay. And re-watching them recently, you can find my podcast, I really didn't like the second one. When you watch it now, it's really, well, I read this morning that Steven Spielberg and, and, and George Lucas and James Mangold talked while he was writing the script and preparing the movie and all that. And Spielberg told him, basically, this movie is a trailer. It doesn't stop. Indiana Jones movies are movie trailers that just don't stop. 
Okay. And I think that's what he's made, but it's a two and a half hour long trailer. There are some scenes where you get some dramatic and some explanations and they bring back um, Saul, 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 um, the Egyptian guy that you've seen in everything. I love him. Um, basically brought him back for some exposition as they kind of do in these movies to bring back an old character. But it was nice to see him. It was nice to see uh, some of the other old characters. I sound like I didn't like the movie. I did when it was over. I just it was it was a bit of endurance test. Some of the 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 chase scenes just go on a lot long. There's a lot of people in peril. We go from one to another to another. Um, but that's also kind of Indiana Jones, right? So there's a lot of people out there saying this is the worst movie ever, and and it didn't make a whole lot of money. It made um, almost four hundred million dollars, but when you cost three hundred million dollars, that's not good. It's considered a bomb because it didn't make back its money um, with marketing costs and all that. If this is the last one, I think they did a good job. I, I just reviewed Equalizer 3, which I think almost does a better job of wrapping up a little trilogy. But it, uh, obviously Equalizer was not as big as a cultural zeitgeist as um, Indiana Jones. And as someone who's a lifelong fan, okay, well, this one, I would watch this one again before I'd watch the second one. You know, re-watching that recently, I was really disappointed in it because there's not a whole lot of movie there. It's one chase scene after another, and the guy pulls a guy's heart out, and we got a PG-13 rating, and some more chase scenes, and the movie ends. It's really hard to remember a lot about two. Three, you've got Sean Connery, you've got that, that repartee going on, and the whole thing at the end with the ghosts, and that one's a little bit more memorable. And four is memorable because just the action was over the top, the jungle stuff and the Shia LaBeouf and all that, terrible, um, the aliens, terrible. There's just nothing I could find that I really liked about the fourth one. The fifth one, yeah, when it comes time to do Indiana Jones, maybe I'll watch the first one and this one and just skip all the three in the middle. (laughs) I still love Indiana Jones, or Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that's the fantastic and perfect uh, summer blockbuster movie. The others have been relatively close in this one. They gave it a good shot. I, I do. Nothing offended me in the film. It was just like we could have done it with a little less of that, a little less of that, a little more of that, and it would have been great. But as it is, it's fine. And if you're an Indiana Jones fan, you have to see this one because I think it wraps up things, or at least to a certain extent. Really sweet scenes at the end that I really enjoyed. Um, all in all, I'd have to give it a thumbs up, but marginally so. You need to watch it and let me know what you think because uh, honestly, when it comes to those of us with, with podcasts and YouTube and all that, we review movies, but in the end, it's up to you to decide whether or not you want like that movie or not. Some of my friends like my recommendations because we kind of have similar tastes, but we don't always agree on things. And for this one, like I said, I've got a really good friend who hated it, who, who thought it was just it just ruined his childhood memories of Indiana Jones. For me, I'm a little bit older, and uh, the first one's still all my memories, and everything else was just sequels, and this is just another sequel, and in that respect, it's better than some of the other sequels. So there you go. Check out Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and let me know what you think. thought it was a little long. It was great to see Harrison Ford as the character again. That was about it. It was fine. I'll watch it again some point. Maybe we'll revisit it and get into some spoilers. It is interesting to talk about how it ended and the MacGuffin and all that kind of stuff. The the Dial of Destiny itself is a very interesting topic to get into. I've watched several other things that we haven't talked about, so there's plenty of podcasts coming up. So thank you very much for listening. Have a spectacular day.